time to get happy. Accentuate the positive with Curran Swain. With good news, reviews and interviews and the sounds of indie, folk, pop and rock. Always look on the bright side. Good morning, how are you this morning? You're with Karen accentuating the positive on FM 99.3 and my guest in the studio is Steve Killalay, the founder of the Charitable Foundation and the Global Peace Index. We're going to talk about the Global Peace Index. It's fascinating. Just explain to us, Steve, exactly what the Global Peace Index is. What the Global Peace Index does is the, was the first study ever which ranks the nations of the world by their peacefulness. Mm. A lot of energy been put into ranking the nations of the world according to whether they're failed states and their fragility. But before doing that, there was no focus on peace. So what we do is we take uh, external concepts of peace, so that'd be like the number of the uh, wars, the countries involved in the size of the military, percentage of GDP uh, spent on defence. Then we also take the internal aspects of peace, which would be things like the homicide rates, the, uh, the level of violent crime, might be state-sponsored terror against its citizen, number of terrorist attacks, availability of small arms, and bring them together to create a composite index, which then measures the peacefulness of the world. But for me, what was profound was really how it came about because we've been through the charitable work, and I was actually in the Congo, uh, northeast Kivu to be precise, if anyone knows that. And I was uh, wandering through there, I started to wonder what was the opposite of all these violent nations I was spending time in. Uh, What were the most peaceful nations? Was there anything I could learn from that to bring into the projects we're doing? So, So just a bit of a fantasy question. So I did some searches on the internet, couldn't find anything. And that's how the Global Peace Index was born. But there's something phenomenally profound in that because if a simple businessman such as myself can be wandering through Africa and wonder what are the most peaceful nations in the world and hasn't been done, how much do we actually know about peace? So we spend a lot of time studying violence, but we spend very, very little time studying peace. So if we look at the ramifications of Iraq, we look at the ramifications of Afghanistan, the whole emphasis is on security this little en- emphasis on what actually will create sustainable peace for these nations. Yeah, look, that's a valid point that you make about that because we do, I mean, doctors study illness. We do study what's going wrong in the world instead of looking at what's going right and how we can make that better. Like we're not studying wellness, we're studying illness, we're not studying peace, we're studying war. You know, we're studying how people are losing money. But I I remember someone was in university and he was asked, he wanted to study happiness. They were asking them to study depression. And he said, no, I want to, as a doctor he said I want to study happiness I said well that's ridiculous why how would you study that's who wants to study that that's ridiculous so but that's changing because now there's positive psychology and so people are studying what makes people happy what makes people peaceful what creates it what creates it and how can we get more of it (laughs) we have more of it so how do you get the information how do you correlate all the information to put on the global peace index well it comes from a variety of sources. So what we do is we measure 162 countries and it covers about 99.6% of the global population. And as I mentioned earlier on, we measure internal and external peace and bring them together as a composite index. But you'd have so, to gather that information. Oh, yeah, from, I yeah, mean, that would yeah, be so an it's exercise a, in itself. It, it is. It's a, that, that's a big exercise. Yeah. And it's just one of the indexes we do. We, we do other indexes as well, but I'll stay away from them. Huh. The first thing one does is to research project to understand what 
global data sets that are currently available. And so from that, we've got information, we've got 22 different indicators we pick up from a variety of sources. So I think we've got about nine to 10 different sources we're using to gather the information. Now on top of that, there are a number of other qualitative indicators which the Institute assesses and measures itself, or we get external parties to do, like the Economist Group in London through the Economist Intelligence Unit. And so one of the limiting factors is actually the amount of global data available, particularly when you start to get down into countries which are affected with the uh, conflict and violence. The statistics aren't so good. But the key thing is really once you've got an index which measures peace, and we use the absence of violence or fear of violence as the definition of peace, we can now run statistical analysis to understand the attitudes, institutions and structures which create and sustain peaceful societies. And that gives you a totally different outcome than if you're trying to study what you need to do to stop the violence. Because if you can, that's called positive peace, a bit like positive psychology, positive peace. Now, if you can build the attitude, institutions and structures within a society which create positive peace, then the societies have the resilience such that they don't actually fall into conflict. So if we're starting to now look at this and you've got most peace activists might be fighting, let's say, the military industrial conflicts. If you focus on the positive piece, all this fades away because once you've got the right attitude, institutions and structures, the military will be appropriate. Yeah, look, it's a good plan. It's a good plan. You can go to www.visionofhumanity.org to see the Global Peace Index. It's actually slash page slash index slash global peace or you can Google the Global Peace Index. And what you look at when you go there is a map of the world and the colours represent what country is the most peaceful, dark green being the most peaceful and red being not the most peaceful. So I'm looking at it right now. It says here, Vision for Humanity brings peace research to life with interactive peace maps, groundbreaking reports and the very latest news and videos pertaining to peace. And the USSR, the Russia, is all red. Why is it all red at the moment? And a few places in Africa and the Middle East. And when you go through, you can go through the years, you can go back in time to see that change. Do you know why that's happening at the moment? Why it's all red? It looks very unpeaceful at the moment. Well, Russia is, I think, the currently ranked 11th or 12th least peaceful uh, country in the world. So that's uh, so out of the 162 countries, it's about 150. Right. So now if we looked at Russia and we looked across it, it's uh, got nuclear weapons. So it's a uh, capability so for nuclear weapons is, uh, is the highest measure you can have. It's got a very high uh, jail population. The right. U.S. actually has the highest jail population in the world, but right. that's what can come back to the U.S. if you like. Yeah. It's also involved in a lot of conflicts, like Georgia was the last one, and we're currently watching the Ukraine go on at the moment. It's also got high levels of uh, crime. It's got a large percentage of its GDP spent on the military. And so what happens, it's, it's got really poor scores across a large range of indicators. It's also got a fairly high rate of terrorism, which you can see uh, is uh, accentuated through Chechnya. Mm. 
Mm. That's interesting. I would have thought the US would have fallen into all those categories as well. But the US is yellow, which is right in the middle of the piece. So you've got the dark green being the most peaceful or more peaceful countries. Australia is dark green. The whole of Australia is dark green. It's nice to know. But New Zealand is actually more peaceful than Australia. New Zealand and the most peaceful one is uh, Iceland or Denmark, is it? Iceland, actually. Yeah, Iceland. Iceland. And then after Iceland's Denmark, is it? Uh, Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And New Zealand, I think, came third, didn't they? Yeah, it fits. Over the years, we've been doing it seven years now. It's been ranked from about – it was number one one year, but it's been ranked from there down to about four. But New Zealand's highly peaceful. But Iceland, I I spoke at a conference in Iceland, I think, last December, and that was fascinating because I actually was able to get inside the country and sort of get a feel for it. Now – it's one of the harshest environments I've ever been to. It's frigid and freezing. They've got this stand, standard ice. joke in Iceland that if you get lost in a forest, what do you do? Stand up because everything's so stunted. There's nothing which grows over a foot to a foot and a half oh, tall. That's how cold it is. Right. Now, this environment forces people over a millennia to work together. And up to probably 20 years ago, it's quite acceptable for you to walk into anyone's house in Iceland if they weren't there, go inside, let yourself in and fi- make yourself a cup of tea. And, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and that is because of the environment so harsh and it yeah. come down so strongly on people that they'd need to seek shelter. Yeah, so they're all very loving and generous and open. Sounds fantastic. Oh, you've been listening to Steve Killalay, founder of the Global Peace Index and the Charitable Foundation, IT entrepreneur, talking to us about peace. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you briefly before we cap off the show what peace means to you and what people can do for peace and peace day. So stay tuned. We'll have a bit more of a chat with Steve after this one. So you've got your event. This is an oldie but a goodie. John Paul Young, Love is in the Air. Love is in the air Everywhere I look around Steve Killalay in the studio with me. He is the founder of the Global Peace Index, which is visionforhumanity.org. You can go there or Google the Global Peace Index and check out who are the most warring and peaceful countries in the world. And Australia is up there amongst the top. Steve, what is Australia on the ranking at the moment? Well, Australia's ranking 15, which is really quite good. Not bad. Not as good as New Zealand, but Not still. as good as New Zealand. But mm. I would imagine that, you know, our policies towards sending troops overseas to fight would be involved in that ranking, would it not? Yes, that's that, that's true. Certainly the involvements, uh, particularly in Iraq, have uh, pulled us down. But now as those wars now start to fade into the past and Afghanistan, probably Australia's ranking will pick up slightly so if we looked at compared to the and look 15's high Australia is one of the better countries in the world and if you look at its rankings on all sorts of different lead indicators on indexes we, we're ranking right up amongst the best so we're doing all right yeah, yeah. We, we, we can complain and there's a lot to complain about but by <laughs> no global standards we're, we're, we're good but yeah. the things which pull us down we've got a higher incarceration rate right uh, our spending on the military is higher than a lot of the european nations right. also the levels of violent crime very slightly higher than some of the european ones all right okay. 
Okay, there you go. So we could do better. So I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I'm putting on a peace festival on peace days. <laughs> we'll try and make people focus on peace and become more peaceful. Because for us, you know, here in Australia, we're not at war. So we have to think about what peace means to us. It's really, for me, it's about inner peace. And everyone that talks about peace on a global scale says it starts inside one's self. If people felt peaceful and felt secure and felt happy, then they wouldn't go to war in the first place with anybody, whether it would be the next door neighbour or the next door country. So what does peace mean to you, Steve? Gee, well, this isn't a simple question for me. See, <laughs> peace, it's first of all, you've got to start off how to define peace. And so for me, it's situational. It depends on what you're trying to do. So if we looked at the definitions of peace, there's a peace through justice. There's peace, uh, which is the absence of violence or fear of violence. There's peace, which is enforced through a, the iron fist and the rule of the law. Peace, for some, is just the absence of war. For others, this concept's a personal peace, like the absence of afflictive emotion. Yeah. What could be personal pieces about being happy? Mm-hmm. So for me, it depends on the situation and what, how the lens I'm trying to look through peace. But Aristotle once said that if you haven't got a word to describe something, how can you actually talk about it? So as I've gone through all these different definitions of peace... And I say peace, you say peace, the audience says peace. We all mean slightly different and sometimes very different things. Absolutely. So the whole language of peace we need to improve. But at a personal level, for me, it's really simple. It's the absence of what I'd term afflictive emotion. And that's actually a Buddhist concept. Right. Uh, Yeah, the absence of afflictive emotion. I would say the absence of stressful thoughts or not believing. One of my favourite teachers is Byron Katie. And she says, you know, all suffering is created through believing your stressful thoughts. So she says, have them, but just don't believe them. (laughs) You know, you could say, oh, I haven't got enough time or I haven't got enough money or I haven't got enough health or I'm not thin enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough. So it's a stressful thought. So we all have those stressful thoughts. Just don't believe them because in the next moment you can say, actually, that's not true. I do. I do. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of money. There's plenty of peace. There's plenty of what I need in the world. And that just brings this peace, like the absence of a stressful thought. So that's what it means to me. The absence of afflictive emotion, it would be that same Buddhist concept. It's similar. It's yeah. similar. It's mm. similar. Yeah, yeah. The question is how do you actually get there? <laughs> that's uh-huh. much more difficult. Uh-huh. That's, much when you, more difficult. that's when you come and have a session with me, you see. That's what uh-huh. I do. <laughs> that's my job. I help people find that peace of mind. Excellent. That's, I call myself yeah. a teacher of deliberate creation. So you, you want to create the peace in yourself first before you can go out there and make a difference in the world or, or attract what you want into your life. Yeah, so, I, guess, yeah. I guess for me, if I look at myself, I'm basically a pretty happy, gregarious you are. sort of person. Yeah. But I wouldn't say I'm totally at peace. Well, that's okay. So, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's in those frustrating moments, though, that we give birth to desire because when we're frustrated about how to do something, even when your computer crashes, you know, there is a – like instantly you give birth to I'm going to get a better computer or there must be a way to fix this. And so we give birth to new – to invention, really. Mm. I mean, uh, struggle is the birth of invention. So it it is in that struggle, that non-peace that we give birth to desire, which is the birth of invention and something else and something new and something next. So that's all good. 
You just have to get over it really quickly. Don't stay and wallow in it. Like You don't look like a wallower to me. <laughs> you haven't got time. You're too busy changing the world. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, think for, I think for me, like I'm really fueled by action. Yeah. My life actually, what's defined my life is seeing something which is not being done and doing it yep. and so sort of that's a, that's that's the creative aspect of my life and then the seeing the having the creative spark it's really then about sort of the implementation behind it but i think for all people on the planet we spend some time happy we spend some time unhappy yep. the question is what will actually make us happy and that's it that that's that i think is one of the fundamental questions of the age there's a concept called the eastland paradox and so when people are poor and you increase their per capita income happiness tracks with the increases in per capita income it usually does yep and that's up to about ten thousand in per capita income then after that the per capita income increases and happiness is flatlined yep so in the west Happiness is now flatlined for about uh, over 20 years. So that brings back in the West to a profound question because most people are actually seeking happiness through more money. But it's a, we, we know it's an illusion. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I had a fabulous talk with Tom Shadiak. He was a director of uh, Patch Adams and um, Bruce Almighty and uh, he was a multimillionaire living in the big house in Beverly Hills and he sold it all to live in a trailer park because he had that same conversation and he made a documentary called Happiness, uh, seeking what makes people happy and explored all those concepts in the documentary and also a documentary called I Am. Fascinating man, American man, fascinating man, another one of my heroes like you. So, um, oh, we've run out of time. I could talk to you all day. What are you doing for Peace Day? Oh, yes. We've got Peace Day coming up on the 21st of September. So what I think is Bondi Pavilion. (laughs) They've got a whole range of activities down there on the beach dealing with peace. So anyone, my recommendation, spend half a day at the uh, pavilion on Bondi so Beach. So then the whole day. But where are you? You're going to be overseas. Where are you going to be on Peace oh, Day? I'm, I'm the treasurer for an organisation called Religions for Peace. That's the largest organisation in the world working on interfaith dialogue for peace. So they've wow. got got the meeting of uh, all their international trustees uh, in uh, New York on, I think it's the 18th. So I'll be there for that. Then I'll be in New York for the annual General Assembly of the uh, UN because there's a whole lot of stuff goes on around in the areas we operate in around there. Oh, fantastic. So you'll be having a ball. I'll be thinking of you. Thanks so much for coming in to Accentuate the Positive and FM 99.3. It's been an absolute joy. Can't tell you how much I've enjoyed it myself, Karen. Thank you. <laughs> You've even had a bit of a dance. Yeah, no, it was excellent. <laughs> You've been listening to Steve Killalay. He is the founder of the Global Peace Index, amongst other things, an IT entrepreneur, and he has a charitable foundation called the Charitable Foundation. Thanks for joining me on FM 99.3 for another three hours accentuating the positive catch you next week dylan finch is coming up after the 10 o'clock news bye for now